0: I'm sure that some of you have heard that we've begun a daily Eucharist service here on our campus. Um, It might be a little unusual for people from the more evangelical and low traditions, we call it that here, um, of the church to think of a seminary such as Asbury having a daily Eucharist. I believe that uh, to this point, we're the only Uh, campus in the Wesleyan tradition that actually has a daily Eucharist service on campus. It really shouldn't be an exception and it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that this is the case. Mr. Wesley encouraged his people, the people called Methodist, to attend the sacraments, avail themselves to the sacraments, use the sacraments the means of grace, he called them, as often as possible. The early Methodists were actually accused and sometimes penalized for the fact that they crossed parish boundaries from one church to the other in the Church of England to find communion services, because at that time, most churches in the Church of England would only have Eucharist once a quarter or at the most, once a month. So the Methodists were going everywhere, as it were, to find the Lord's Supper. Now, in the next few minutes, we're going to talk about why that was and why Mr. Wesley put such an important, uh, gave such importance to the Eucharist. He called it a means of grace, and that's really the clue. And we'll be talking about that right the way through this Uh, time together. I want to go back in my own life to my PhD studies at the University of Nottingham in England and by the way that is a Church of England seminary and uh, in association with an old university there in Nottingham City. Um, The questions that I found raised and I was doing my PhD on the doctrine of the Eucharist The questions that are raised by sacramental theology, an understanding of the sacrament historically, classically, two questions. These are the ones that are raised. Number one, what happens to bread and wine? So much of the discussion, at least three-fourths of the discussion, is about what what the classics call the sacramental relation, that is, the relationship between Jesus Christ, the ascended Christ, and the bread and the wine. The second question is, what kind of sacrifice is there? Does Christ sacrifice himself again? Do we sacrifice Christ? Or, do we, in some way, do we bring ourselves as an offering there to make an offering uh, in addition to what Christ has made for us historically, the completed sacrifice of Christ. Now, that latter uh, explanation might appeal to United Methodists or to Wesleyans in whatever tradition. I want to say that neither one of those are the principal questions of sacramental theology or the ones that sacramental theology ought to ask Mr. Wesley would smile at that. What really matters at the Eucharist is what happens to people. There's very little in Wesleyan theology about what happens to bread or wine, and I'll talk about that in a few moments. There's almost nothing in Wesleyan theology about some sacrifice that we make to Christ, even the commitment of ourselves to him the point to Mr for Mr Wesley and the reason he encouraged his methodist Wesleyans as we think and as we are called now the reason he would call us to the eucharist as often as possible is what christ can do for us at the table does that sound strange to you it really ought to because in our protestant tradition our our particular disposition within Protestantism, we've gotten away from that. We've bought into a sacramental theology that's very, very scary. What the kind of thinking uh, in the low traditions of Protestantism, the kind of thinking is that it's just a remembrance. I remember asking my grandmother years ago, what do Methodists believe? about the Lord's Supper. And she said, well, I, I, I know we don't believe as much as the Catholics. And then she smiled and she kind of looked off to into the ether. And then she said, but I, I know we believe more than the Baptist. She said, but I don't really understand it. It's too complicated. And then she said, I just think it means what it says on the front of the communion table this do in remembrance of me. It's just a remembrance. Is that really all it is? Did Jesus just tell us to remember, that is, to think back on Him? Is that all it means? If it is, listen, if that is really all it means, then the only action, the only energy, the only thing that's happening at the Lord's Supper is something we're doing. In fact, it's just a mental reflection. Can I shock you for a minute? That's humanism. If it's just man's work at the Eucharist, even the work of remembrance, then it's humanism. That's not what it is. Christ didn't give us something to do just to do it. Can you imagine Jesus of Nazareth just telling us to do something out of obligation or just to somehow remember, that is, reflect, upon something that was. Jesus isn't a was. Jesus is an is. I am the resurrection of the life and the life. In First Peter, Actually, Second Peter, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Listen, Jesus Christ is not just a memory. And when we, we ourselves remember Him, we don't just reflect. Jesus Christ is a living presence. And when the church remembers Him, we remember as encounter. John Wesley said, actually, it was recorded by Jim White in his great uh, study of the sacraments. We believe in the real presence of a real encounter. Jesus Christ isn't a distant Savior back there in history. Jesus Christ is alive and present to us in his Holy Spirit. And he brings all those things that people reflect on in our tradition into the present in himself. He is the virgin birth. He is the great teacher. He is the healer. He is the crucified Lord. He is the risen Savior, and He is one ascended in our humanity to the right hand of God. That's not a memory. That's a presence. And present to us at the table when we say, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. So the question really isn't how Jesus Christ is present. The question is, what will Christ present do for us?